2: Hey everyone! W- welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version, depending on where you happen to be living. Uh, special guest tonight: uh, Jeff Erickson is out of town. I am very happy to be joined by the Roto Gut himself, uh, famous, uh, famous Twitter personality, famous high stakes fantasy baseball player, uh, someone that I've known for a long time, consider a friend. Hopefully, he thinks the same way of me. Um, Vlad Sedler is with us tonight. Uh, Vlad, how are you?
3: I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Actually, I was, uh, okay, I'm lying. Uh, I told you uh, before the show, absolutely frantic, man. This is the, uh, the the first time all season that I was going to the wire with, uh, with all my bids. Sunday night, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific is our our deadline time. And man, I was just all over the place. So many injury issues and making sure I, I have no zeros. And so uh, it's been uh, been a wild afternoon.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, it it has been wild, and that that's how usually my Sundays are. So you now you know how I feel every week as I go down to the wire. So, uh, just some housekeeping stuff at the top here. We are uh, we are live on Periscope, YouTube, uh, Facebook Live. If you have any questions. Comments you want to talk about stuff, uh, you can hit us up in the comments there if you have any questions for Vlad. Uh, we are sponsored by Winbet. That's W Y N N Bet. Uh, we appreciate that. If you could please rate and review the podcast, you listen to us audio wise, or if you watch us, um, it does go a long way so towards helping people find the podcast, helping us out a lot. So we greatly appreciate that. Uh, before we get into baseball, Vlad, why don't you? I think everybody knows who you are. You're more famous than I am, that's for sure. But like how, if people want to find you, um, where do they find you uh, these days? I know they can find you on Twitter. It's your your name is RotoGut there on the screen as you can see it, but uh, where do they find Find uh, find your work and and all your good stuff.
3: Uh, you can find me next to my barbecue these days, uh, grilling on the weekends. What, but uh, uh, uh,
2: tell me what you made this weekend because I'm curious.
3: Uh, so picked up some stuff at Costco. Uh, right. Just just you know, trying out different things. Only had this thing for a few weeks now, but I did some ribs on Saturday morning. Got my my father in law. Helping me out, watching different nice. YouTube videos, and those turn out pretty good. Nice. Uh, t- today we did tri tips, uh, did uh, two different rubs, marinated them the night before, and uh, came out all right. So yeah.
2: How's the uh, how's the meat quality at Costco? Not where I would have guessed you would have gone for fine meat to uh, to go in your smoker.
3: Uh, it, it is. It depends what you get, but uh, it seems to be pretty good. Um, uh, the 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 tri tip I got was a prime. Uh, and I, mean, it was like nearly the same price as the other one. It just looks so much better. So, uh, yeah, no, ne- next time will be whole foods for sure.
2: <laughs> there you go. Nice. So tell us where that people where can find you, find your work, find, uh, I don't know what, uh, what you're writing and all that kind of stuff.
3: Sure. Uh, Twitter it's, at uh, RotoGut, And then, uh, on, on, uh, the website, fantasyguru.com uh, slash MLB and, uh, got my weekly f- uh, free agent bidding article of lad's values comes out on Saturdays and then from the gut on Wednesdays.
2: And I, I don't say it often with a lot of people, so I'll say it. If you uh, if you want to do well in your leagues, I, Vlad values is the the number one thing for me in terms of Fab. That's where I start my Fab every weekend. Like I, I do a lot of work on my own, obviously, and you know me, I'm um, stubborn as they come. So I do my own stuff. But it's a really excellent. Um, if you want to use a starting point, it's good. If you want to use it just as like your bidding sheet, it's pretty good that way too. So it's a it's a really good thing. You could tell that Vlad spends uh, hours upon hours putting that together. I assume that is not it's not, a, it's not a, that's not a quick article. I assume.
3: Uh, No, it's uh, it 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 spans over the course of two days, and the crazy thing is, is by the time it goes to edit, uh, actually, our boy uh, Mike uh, C A Pokey on Twitter is uh, he's my editor, and he spends a lot of time on that too. And by the time it goes live, I mean there are already all sorts of changes. So. The good thing is Saturday, it comes out there. You get to establish a base for who you want. You probably have some of your own ideas. Like, uh, for example, um, Patrick Wisdom. Really, I really wasn't into it. Wasn't looking into it. Hit another two homers today. And, of course, he's going for Buku Bucks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then that's going to happen and someone's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. And, uh, it, it, but it's a, it's an excellent starting point. Like I can't, it, it just saves, it saves me so much time just kind of starting out like, Oh, here's the guys that go for a lot of money. Here's some kind of sneaky guys. You talk about two star pitchers. You talk about streamers, you talk about stashes. Um, so it's just a really good kind of overall way to start your fab or end your fab, however much time you want to spend on it. But, uh, so I appreciate you joining you. me. I know that you're really busy. I know you got a lot of uh, podcasts coming up this week. I know it's Sunday night, so I do appreciate that. Um, Let's jump into the what you start out with your your fab article of the week. You talk about the, the week coming up. You talk about what offenses you like that week. Uh, tell me this week. Uh, We've like, it's a weird week. We're short on mm-hmm. games this week. There's only three teams with seven games: Miami, Boston, and Kansas City. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. There's nine teams with five games this week. I don't know yep. what's going on this week. We got all these days off. There's only three games tomorrow. There's one, and one mm-hmm. of them is a morning, an early game at Boston. Might mm-hmm. making up a rain delay, but there's only three games tomorrow. Um, so tell me who you were looking at uh, team-wise first of all, uh, previewing Week 11 here. Who you're looking at team-wise to pick guys up, and what schedules really jumped out to you for offensive players?
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. It's really an odd week with yep. uh, with 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 Basically, just those three teams with seven games. It's it feels like the first week where there aren't there really isn't much that jumps out in terms of of, of taking advantage of. Uh, and a lot of times we could overvalue like having that seventh game. Uh, it, it could be the difference between you know going a couple extra bucks or being a tiebreaker break, on uh, a couple of players that we're looking at. And usually, there's something really nice to take advantage of. Uh, uh, you know, a pitcher going to a couple of uh, pitchers' parks, going so to San Francisco, Oakland, something like that. And on the flip side, uh, Coors or, or Baltimore, Camden, uh, uh, Salen Field, Buffalo. And um, this I didn't, I didn't,
2: I didn't know what Buffalo's field was called. I'm going to admit that.
3: Yeah, say uh, Salen perhaps. Uh, right. uh And I just so, know yeah. that
2: everybody there was really drunk over the weekend. Every video I saw.
3: But yeah, Buffalo loves their baseball. I mean, and when you have a team like that, I mean, it's a room for.
2: They were making those like cup snakes in the stands and they had like 200. The thing was crazy. Mm -hmm. Apparently Buffalo can party a little bit.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, that, that is correct. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. I mean, as far as this week, looking directly at the three teams with seven games, uh, it is a bit of an advantage. The Marlins stick out uh, at least among those three, obviously um, arguably the worst of those three offenses, but just as far as the schedule goes, uh, you get the one at Boston tomorrow, three, three home, uh, against Colorado. Those actually can end up being uh, low scoring games for all we know, especially with, uh, uh you know, uh, the Rockies coming, uh, off elevation and and into yeah. Miami, the, the, the cross trip there. So it may be uh, some low scoring there. But, you know, obviously you're still playing your, you know, your Jess Chisholm's of the world, Starling Marte's. Uh, uh, Garrett Cooper's usually pretty good against lefties. I know they're going to get a few there. And then uh, with all the lefties, probably going to be sitting uh, uh, Corey Dickerson, I would think.
2: Yeah, Corey Dickerson has been weirdly quiet, like just not driving a lot of runs, not uh, not doing very much. Uh, what about some of the uh, some of the teams with six games? Where anybody that really jumped out to you is like, this is a really good schedule. So I got like this offense to go off this week.
3: Uh, first off, the two Los Angeles teams. You've got the Dodgers with uh, basically, I mean, anytime you're, you're seeing teams like uh, Detroit, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Texas, Baltimore yeah. in the schedule, it's, it's a good thing. And if you match up two of those, it's even better. So uh, at Pittsburgh uh, for three and then three at home against Texas is a, a nice team uh, to use hitters against. And obviously, um, you know we got AJ Pollock back there. Uh, we were worried about Max Muncie for uh, for a day over the weekend he actually pinch hit today so it looks like he'll be fine, which means like Albert Pujols really you know outside of a deeply desperation streamer we're not really using him. Uh, Angels are nice, three Kansas City, three at Arizona, Arizona also another fantastic spot for us attack our hitters with. Uh, I was kind of intrigued by Colton's younger brother, Keen uh, Wong, but now Jose Iglesias is off the IL and uh, things are going to shift back around. So he's going to be either sent down to the minors this week or going to be a, uh, a, you know, platoon guy, bench guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and that's really good info. I mean, you look at it; you got to look at it ahead of time because you want those teams that are playing bad pitching. Man, that's where you you see the big blow up games. You play DFS; you always want to you know you're Mm -hmm. stacking against those teams: Kansas City, Arizona, Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore, all the teams you mentioned there. So, uh, the other thing I like to look at is AL teams going to NL parks. We lose DHs at at that. Ray, we have four teams to do that this week. The Indians are in St. Louis Tuesday, Wednesday. The Angels are in Arizona uh, Friday through Sunday. That could be uh, maybe missing a Shohei Otani uh, outing or two. They may they may uh, you know sit him a couple games or maybe at least one game. In the they don't really play him in the field very much. So if you play in NFBC, maybe a week to, to use him as a pitcher this week. You get a, a start at Arizona. Yankees are at Philly um, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't matter. John Carlos Stanton never plays anyway. And then uh, the Rangers, Rangers are the Dodgers. I know you have Stanton too. Rangers are the Dodgers uh, Friday through Sunday. So uh, if you were for some reason in the deepest league ever and you're running Chris Davis out there, probably not going to play this
3: this weekend Uh, i do have two more teams and actually probably should have let off with them because these are the two teams that i've been targeting the most at least with my right-handed hitters uh i'm sorry with my left-handed hitters because they are both playing a lot of righties milwaukee brewers and uh also the san francisco giants giants actually slated as of now to play all six against uh against right-handers of course that could switch up at some point and uh obviously that's good for alex dickerson that's somebody i did a lot on um and, uh, Brandon belt, uh, supposed to be back. He's going to be traveling with the team. So he's there for five. Uh, and then this is actually funny. Uh, you know, uh, my, my, my platinum partner, uh, Matt, uh, Modica. so, yep. uh, we had a little interesting thing where, you know, we're usually really, uh, uh, communicative on our bidding and, uh, this week in platinum, I don't know. We've just been kind of down, I think with our team since we lost Mike Trout and some other oh. pitchers. Uh, and so, I checked the bids about an hour before and I noticed that that we had he had I thought he put Steven Duger at sixty-four bucks when I, I had him at twelve. And and right. you know Matt rarely just moved something up so crazily. So I thought I really liked him. And then I, I sent him a message. I'm like Steven Duger, 64, and he sends me back a question mark. And then I went to other teams or whatever, and I, I lowered it down to like you know 42 right. just because I felt like he wanted him. Maybe there's something he knew, knew about him. Um, and it turns out that like I, on my phone, I guess back fingered it, a Uh-oh. six into a 64. Oh, all right. So yeah, just a little miscommunication there We i up spending, you know, <laughs> overbidding 42 to four on Steven Dugar. So hopefully he goes off.
2: Yeah. I, I always worry about that. I actually like at 655, I usually go back and make sure a, that I dropped the right guys. B that I didn't drop the same guy in the same bid, so I you know yeah. I don't mess that up, and then three that I didn't like add a one bid in front of anybody because I've done that for uh, last week. Uh, just to, since we're bidding mistakes, last week I picked up the wrong Luis Garcia in online, so there is that. Yeah. yeah,
3: I mean today I, actually, was, I was like
2: I was like one percent own. Who do I have that's that? And I'm like, oh my god, it's the wrong <laughs> Luis Garcia.
3: You got hurt too, I think. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> and, and I got,
3: it didn't work well. Well, and I ended up with a bunch of uh, Edward Olivares on.
2: I like, I like that. Man. We're going to talk about him, but I like that.
3: Well, when I started getting all of them, I, I looked, I'm like, I got him on every team and, and I put very respectable bids on and ahead of good players. I, I started second guessing myself. I'm like, is that his name? Are you, is it really Edward? Like, do I have the
2: right <laughs> yeah. guy here? Yep. I've done that before. So it's, uh, that's good. We'll, we'll get to him as we when we get to fab, but let, let's jump into fab. I want to start with pitchers. Uh, you and I talked kind of back and forth, uh, about stash guys. We, we talked last week about Chris sale, kind of, there was some positive news that he was kind of ramping up his stuff. Maybe give back in July, something like that. There's Luis Severino that's kind of ramping up too. How do you treat mm-hmm. these guys? Like how, how soon do you jump on them? How soon are you willing to kind of wait? Do you want to wait four weeks on them? Do you want to wait six weeks on them? What are you doing with Severino's sale right now? If they're available in your leagues?
3: So it, I think you uh, you have to gauge it based upon how healthy your team is. And right now, a lot of our teams are not healthy and NFBC, which is primarily where we play. Obviously a lot of people play elsewhere, but most people don't have a 12 player bench. Uh, and so you, or IL splots. So we don't have the luxury of, of you know, holding someone like that. So it's, it's tough because we, we want those good players, but right now, it's not just those two. There's uh, there's Zach Galen, right? There's, yeah. uh, there's Carlos Carrasco. Uh, there's yeah. guys that we're hoping are going to come back. And with all of our injuries, it's just been a mess. It's been so difficult this year. 12 teamers, I think we could uh, hang back a little bit. Um, And then in 15 teamers, it really just depends on if you do have that open slot, you know, like I just got Gonsolin back on a team. Hopefully, you know, that was an opportunity for maybe me to pick up one of these guys and see how it works. Uh, But we're still waiting. And even then something can happen, like was the case with Noah Syndergaard, where, you know, just a little tweak, a little setback, and then you're, you're back to the drawing board so it's tough it, you and I were even talking uh, earlier today I was I was like hey what would you bid on on Zach gallon in a 15 in main event did that one, uh, that one hasn't
2: come through yet right
3: no I haven't I'm seen cur- it come I'm through
2: cur- I'm curious what he goes for
3: but yeah th- it's that balance because you could be hitting uh, the absolute jackpot but if you're uh, if you're really grounded in or thinking about it in the you know, the UCL or the strain or just all uh, physically what the problem is it you're really uh, you really, uh, you really have your back against the wall, right? So you're spending 150 bucks. Chances are, it's probably not going to pan out. If it does, you're like lucky. So you're hoping it's that one. You know, yep. lucky thing, but but if it we'll does, do- it's
2: it's Zach Gallon for two and a half months. Like yep. a guy that was a like, drafted the fourth round before he got hurt. So it's just it's always I tend to be not stitch stashy, but I do understand mm-hmm. that there are there are times it hits and there are times that you hold on to Alizia Hernandez and he tears his quad running the bases. So like it's just you know and that has nothing to do with what we held on for. So it's just that one's frustrating too because he pitched well and then something has nothing to do with his injury. So like you, you held you held, it worked. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's gone. But uh, it's uh, it's tough, especially with pitchers. And I, I worry about Gallon because that strain was in his elbow, mm-hmm. and I just don't know. He had, you know, he's not, not the first time he's been injured this year. I, I worry about that. So I think when we talked, I had I, I told you I would bid lower than you do, but that's kind of a running theme for us for about fifteen years that I usually yeah. bid a few bucks less than you. But yeah. it'll be interesting with that with that bid comes through. But uh, some some two step guys this week. There weren't a lot. that were super interesting. Mm-hmm. Martin Perez is a, kind of a fascinating one because he's been pitching really well, but he gets Houston and Toronto this week. Like. Mm-hmm. You can't really get a worse matchup. I mean, that's really that's really as bad as it gets, right there. Especially as a lefty, Toronto has all those righties coming in. Houston's got hitters everywhere. Uh, what did you do with Perez week? Three point oh nine ERA this so far this year in 58 innings, pitching really well. Not a strikeout guy. Swing rates under eight mm. uh, percent. He was bad uh, bad in twenty nineteen. He was just kind of average last year. Um, did you uh, did you have him in your conditionals? Did you have him up top. What were you doing with Perez uh, with, with the two starts this week?
3: It was a, it was a tough spot because I'm, I'm thinking this week. I'm also thinking long-term and for me, Martin Perez is almost a better long-term play than he is for this week. Yeah. Uh, Martin Perez is no Luis Garcia who can go in and throw <laughs> yeah. gems against Boston and uh, yeah. how's uh, Toronto. That was
2: yeah. a, a hell of a week.
3: Yeah. The, the Houston Luis Garcia, that yeah. is.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Uh, rub, rub, that, rub that in a little more. That's good. I deserve it.
3: Uh, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, so it's, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Just, you know, not, a, not a lot of two steps this week. Martin Perez for me is more of a long-term guy. So I had a few bucks on him. I'm sure yeah. there's somebody that probably went for, you know, 20 plus 30 plus. I think I had maybe an eight or $10 bid with like a, a fifth conditional just because I don't know. I, I don't want to take on the um, the possible ratio blow up because you yep. know at some point it's coming. At the end of the day, it is still Martin Perez.
2: <laughs> if you get him this week, are you starting him this week? Um, I mean, I know it depends on I injuries. It depends on how big. But I, that's the problem is if you're bidding on someone, yeah. you probably are at the point where you don't have a lot of options on the on pitching right now. It, it's hard because we, we all have you know, so many red suitcases yeah. on our bench. But um, that, that's the tough part if you pick him up is to to not be tempted to throw him in the lineup for the two starts.
3: Yeah. So, so how I had it is I had on main event where I was bidding him, I had two pitcher drops. One, I needed to fill my roster spot for So that one was actually ordered differently than my Zach Gallon one, because the Zach Gallin one is the, you know, would be my bench spot. I mean, I'm dropping, I'm dropping like a lot, Eliezer here. I just lost Kluber, I lost Turnbull, you know, just like one after another. Uh, so my primary like start this week would be, yeah, I had guys like Gregory Soto, the closer, uh, Tucker Davidson for, for Atlanta, uh, Keegan Aiken, and then uh, Justin, Justice Sheffield at the top of the list for an at Detroit. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, hoping he doesn't get blown up there. And then Perez Stripling, who gets at Boston, like those guys yeah. who I could see longer term value with were on my second gallon bid.
2: So, let, since you mentioned him, I'm going to jump to uh, Tucker Davidson right now. As I looked at him a little more during the day, I kind of beca- became more interested in him. Actually, I know he's mm-hmm. going to make the next start. No guarantee that he's going to stick in the rotation, but you look at him at 2019 in AA. 110 innings, a 2.03 ERA, a 27% strikeout. There's a guy that punches guys out. Uh, mm-hmm. Has had uh, has a you know that's a bu- that's a bulk amount of innings, and obviously 2020 there was no minor leagues. So we don't know what he did there. Obviously, thrown at the alternate site and all that. But walks have been an issue. Uh, you know, 20- 10% in 2019 in AA, uh, 11% in in 2018 in single a but i mean two starts so far uh 11.2 uh, innings three earned runs 10 strikeouts has pitched well but has the six walks he had the five walks in the last start um i don't know National League guy atlanta's pretty good they can score some runs i kind of uh as i, as I moved along the day today i kind of moved davidson up my list uh you know usually i move guys down when i look mm-hmm. deeper and i move davidson up a little bit
3: yeah i mean that's a spot. I mean, it's good. They. I mean, he's basically the third lefty in there in their rotation for now. But that's a competitive spot. That's the one thing that I think of is is to be the Atlanta. Uh, I'm about to call them Falcons. Uh, <laughs> Braves, number five, stop, stop starter.
2: welcome to the news today. So that's okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but to be their number five starter, you, you've got to deliver, you've got to be good and you need to be consistent because that spot is always going to have somebody, you know, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, how many, like, what is it? Half a decade. They've been rotating, uh, Bryce Wilson and, and Kyle Wright in there pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to tell because this, this is a guy we probably, a lot of us outside of the prospect heads don't really know much about coming into the last couple of weeks. Like, is he legit? Is somebody can stick in the, the rotation? If he does, he's in a fantastic spot because he's on one of the better teams in the league. And, and there's just something about that. It's it's part of the reason why we like a Martin Perez a, a Nick Pavetta. These are teams that are going to provide, these are pitchers that are going to, have teams that provide them run support and put them more in line with the win. So it makes somebody like a, a Perez more valuable than, you know, streaming somebody like a off Detroit or Pittsburgh.
2: No, it makes sense. And it's, it's one of those things that I could just squint a little bit. I mean, you're looking for any kind of upside and reason to bid on these guys at this point. You know, we're, we're two months into the season. We kind of know who's, who's playing well, who's not. And I just, as I squint a little bit at Davidson, I could kind of see a path to him being, you know, a guy that you end up starting every week. It may blow up and it may not work and he may end up back in AAA, but um, at least I could see a path. But since we're talking Atlanta, I want you to talk to me about uh, Drew Smiley. He's 63% owned in 12 teamers. Um, you and I, uh, you know, tend to uh, disagree on players sometimes. He was a guy that we kind of went back and forth on. I know you liked him; I didn't like him as much. He, I see the upside, but he hasn't really been great. Interesting enough, he was available in my main event this week. He was ninety-eight wow. percent owned, and he was so it was my one main event that he was available. I don't know if I got him yet because Fab results aren't out yet. But mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about Smiley at the moment? He's been it's been a very rough start. His ERA is about six. Um the strikeout rate's uh, only 21%. The walk rate's pretty good though, he's under 8%. Obviously he had that big strikeout bump in 2020 that small amount. he's yeah. with the Giants. Are you still believing here? Are you are you off the Smiley train? Where are you with uh, with true at the moment?
3: No, so I'm usually the wrong person to ask about that uh, because why, I'm definitely that's why, that's
2: why I wanted to ask you. Well, and and
3: that's the important thing is for me to be able to and to continue to become a better player is be able to separate myself from like individual player crushes or feel like right. They need to deliver for me because I bought in and I have to be right. So I need to be able to separate myself from that mindset and just look at the, you know, the the picture, the guy himself. I feel like if he's healthy, there only is there's only that that, those that horrific era is only going to improve it, at least how I feel. I feel like the home runs will always still be there, uh, but a healthy smiley in the rotation every five days uh, could work out. What I do like about him this week specifically, why I had him at the top of my twelve uh, my twelve team list, is well, first of all, because there aren't weren't many options outside of you know yeah. school ball uh, among twelve teamers, but because he lines up for two starts that are actually yeah. workable, winnable for him. You've got uh, Philly, where the best player is a left handed lefty with uh, Harper. They've got Didi Gregorius out. They got a bunch of other mismatch uh, players. Alec Baum isn't really hitting all that well, no. uh, so that's a good spot for him. And then at Miami, of course, I think is also a good spot. Uh, so, you know, if it's one of those things where if, if he doesn't deliver in this week, um, then I could see kind of, I have a lot of smiley going this week. I've just had him on all my teams. So, you know, it's it's, it's ride or die here.
2: Yeah, if he's bad this week, I'm blaming you, just so we're clear.
3: It's fair. Yeah, who, is, uh,
2: who is the original Roto crush? Was it Oliver Perez? Was it Corey Hart? Who was it?
3: I, I mean, I don't even know. Uh,
2: our, I, I, our first league together, you beat me with Oliver uh, Perez. So that's why I remember that one.
3: Yeah. Well, my first ever winning something really big was um, my first year playing the, the CDM. And that was Johan Santana's breakout year. And we picked him up for like minimum salary or whatever it was. And just, yep. you know, just had that season. But yeah, it was Ollie Perez. Like it was, it he was, was awesome. kind of, a, yeah. I yeah. Remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's still in the league, which is amazing too. Yeah, and
2: he was like three percent owned in in DC that year too, and mm-hmm. you just you just kept riding him, and I never mm-hmm. picked him up. And I, what, were you the Haiti kid or was I the Haiti kid? I don't remember.
3: That was you guys messing with me when I first came on to that message board. It was you and Mike Quackenbush and yep. right, you guys. We were actually
2: we kid. actually took over a team. Some guy quit his team, and uh, the head mm-hmm. of DC was like, "This guy quit. Do you guys want to take it over?" And it was called mm-hmm. the Haiti Kid. I don't know why, but we took that team over. We didn't know you were in the league at that point, and uh, we got up there, we made a big run, and then you flew by us at the end. So it's, uh, you know, how uh, how roto friendships are begun. So. Yeah, uh, Let's jump into some relievers. Um, Paul Fry in Baltimore uh, is probably pitching the best in that bullpen. 22 and mm-hmm. uh, two thirds innings. ERA just under two. Huge strikeout rate. 37% right. massive strikeout guy. Uh, the walk rate's an issue 11% there, but he was really good last year too. 2.45 mm-hmm. ERA last year in 22 innings, obviously a uh, short season last year, throwing much harder than he did two years ago. The, the biggest thing I looked at was like, why wasn't he very good in 2019? He throws like two and a half or three miles an hour harder. His slider's like a mile and a half faster this year too. Um, it's Baltimore. We don't know mm-hmm. what the situation is. Who knows? I think Hunter Harvey might be back now too, and they don't win a ton of games, but uh, were you in on Fry at all this week where he was available?
3: I was, and it was interesting. I had mentioned in my article how a few uh, really, the some of the sharpest players we know, uh, Casey Cha, Phil Dussault, and some other guys, they were, uh, and gals were picking up Paul Fry last week. And so okay. since we haven't seen what, uh, what bids have gone for this time, I don't know how much he went for, um, but I don't think he's had. A, I don't think they've had a save opportunity, right? In the last had, few days,
2: he had one this week. But yeah, they haven't yeah. had one. I don't think they've had one in the last couple of days. He went for uh, he went for thirty two bucks in one of my onlines mm-hmm. and uh, thirteen in the other one. So he wasn't uh, wasn't super popular, but thirty two bucks in a in a 12er for a you know a kind of yeah. halftime maybe closer in a, on a bad team is not that low.
3: Yeah, and and just think about how fickle that position is, and how much we're chasing closers every year. Like, if yeah. he had three saves this year, this guy's going for two hundred plus. Like, people are spending yeah. all their money and all because they're like, "Oh, he's the guy." Yep. Uh, but then, it, but now that he's just had that one save, there haven't been really opportunities. We don't know what the real actual situation is, right? Because he's yep. the lefty there. Yep. We've got Cole uh, Sulcer, who has yep. been just as good, also yeah, ERA whip. Uh, you know, under two, under one. had a
2: little experience closing last year too. Like he was their guy for a little bit during the season. I remember, I remember picking him up and he was, he was a popular guy there for a few weeks.
3: Yeah. And, and and he's the, he's the righty there. And then you've got Hunter Harvey back in the mix. Um, But yeah, I mean, for, for all we know, maybe, you know, because Cole had Seltzer had done it before, maybe he's the guy, maybe they'll just do like uh, the the Royals and other teams do just take it um, situationally, depending on who's up, whether they need the lefty or the righty.
2: Crazy Salcer's strikeout rate has doubled this year from last year. That's uh, yeah. yeah. He had some big strikeout numbers in the minors, and he wasn't a big uh-huh. strikeout last year, and that's uh, that's a pretty significant jump. Though you're right. I mentioned that Fry was the best guy, but I think Solsa's. You're, you're right. Has been right there with him. So uh, or, Caesar, are they- Caesar, Caesar Valdez should not be the guy. I think it's what we're. coming Yeah. Down to.
3: yeah. What's funny is he racked up like eight saves really right quickly. Like he was up there. Wait, yeah. do they have the second best bullpen in on, in that on that <laughs> in that division?
2: Uh, they they might. Um, I'm trying to think of those bullpens. It ain't Toronto, uh, probably right yeah. behind Tampa Bay, right?
3: Yeah, I mean obviously Boston. I think it's Barnes, and I mean, Barnes
2: have been good, mm, but yeah, Barnes mm-hmm. been, Barnes blew a save tonight. It has been really good. Um, Chapman's Chap, uh, yeah, he blew the save, and they came back and won. He might have gotten the win. I think he got the win actually. Course. Uh, yeah, he, they did awesome because he won. They scored two in the tenth. So he blew it. Uh, he gave up a run in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth, and they scored two in the top of the tenth. Um, then Chapman's been great, but the rest of that bullpen uh, doesn't mm-hmm. really fire you up very much. So yeah, it might be mm-hmm. so. You mentioned the Royals. Uh, Josh Stalmont is back from the IL. Um, He's uh, starting to be the guy before he got hurt. Like he was kind of. They've been all over the place. It's been, you know, it's been Barlow, it's been Greg Holland uh, going Mm -hmm. old school for a while. But before Stalmont got hurt, it looked like he was kind of getting a little bit entrenched in that role. Maybe the leash was growing a little bit. Uh, 2.78 area in 22 innings. He's another guy, the walks are a big issue, 13% career walk rate, but. Good strikeout guy, 26%, throws 97 Any And one of those guys that, like, I think at some point they want to give him the job to see if he can do it. Like, is this going to be our guy for the next three or four years? So um, I know that you were in on Stalmont the first time around. I don't know if you ended, ended up dropping him. Did you we you back in on him? How do you feel about the Royals' close situation at the moment?
3: I, I hose myself by overthinking it, man. I really, really screwed up that situation. Know, but, there and, were, and,
2: but there were some quotes out there. You and I talked about it last week. There were some quotes that, like, he's not – we're not pitching him until his knees went Like, it, they made it sound like it was going to be a month, and it was 10 it, days it
3: really did feel yeah. like it was going to be three weeks. So I unfortunately dropped them in a bunch of spots and I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel I was in a spot with uh, basically 15 weeks to go of bidding where I was going to throw, you know, what I originally threw. Like I, I won all my bids for him uh, between hundred, 120, yeah. even eight 70, 80 in uh, in 12 teamers, what a month ago, got some saves out of it, a little bit of ratio damage here and there, but um, I just I missed him everywhere, uh, you know. Richard Zito and from in twelve teamers, he's he's like in basically all the all the all the twelve teamers OCS. Uh, we picked him up for like two hundred in some spots. So I had oh, wow. no chance on getting my own guy back. Uh, and I don't know. I'll, I'll see how it looks on the main event bids. But uh, but but really could have used style mount back. I just couldn't bid more than fifty.
2: Yeah, I just I worry about the walks a lot. I think that uh, that's maybe that's a little bit too aggressive for a, a team that has kind of mixed and matching plus all the walks. I uh, I don't know that they're fully done with Greg Holland yet. I think we you know that I'm not a Greg Holland guy, but I'm not felt sure they're they're totally done there. But one other closer I want to talk about before we get into offensive fab. Um, my worst mistake so far this year. I uh, I, I really liked Lucas Sims. I drafted him. I finally uh, dropped him a couple weeks ago. Uh, he threw in the sixth inning twice in a row, and I was like, this is not working. Uh, has five saves the last two weeks since I picked him up. So it did not work out well. It started rough, but the ERA is down to 4.9. His K rate is actually up 35%. He was 65% owned in 12ers. Uh, I know you're in a lot of 12-teamers, so he's probably available in a couple of years. How aggressive were you with Sims?
3: He was not available in any of my 12ers, and I've am wow. in seven. I've got seven of them. But I did pick up uh, two or three shares last week.
2: Oh, so nice. last week
3: I got him, you know, on the cheap. Um, and, and it's nice to see at least a little bit of clarity there. Uh, yeah. He was somebody that I was into and and drafting during that period of time when uh, Amir Garrett's like, okay, you know, I really want that job, whatever. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, Garrett's the lefty. I like Garrett. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah. Sims is the righty here, just as good, if not better. The guy can be a legit closer. And then we've always, obviously dealt with this mess for the last uh, two months with you know Doolittle and random guys and the Garrett yeah. blowups and all this. But, um, you know, even if it's a two-man committee, that's a better spot than than, you know, like, uh seattle for example right like which is a total mess yeah like in seattle for example when graveman comes back um at some point next weekend he's still the high leverage guy he'll get his opportunities um but they always put him in the high leverage spot first and then there's middleton and then there's montero so there's kind of like that.
2: both gave up runs today yeah either of them were good it was rough
3: yeah so so what i'm saying is the those three guys you just never know where the saves are going to come from and just i mean just basic math here you have two guys pretty much now right it's sims it's Antone and tony yeah.
0: and so yeah i mean just better odds of possibly you know we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data putting
3: yourself in a position for saves by having somebody on the reds now.
2: Yeah, I think they just want Anton in, in multiple inning spots. It's just hard to mm. line that up sometimes. Like you can line up the bullpen where he goes the eighth and ninth, but he gets in any trouble, and you've already used the other guys, mm. then you're in trouble. If you bring him in the seventh, he kind of if he pitches two innings. Great, if he pitches the inning the third, you can still work with that. It's just mm. always kind of hard to line up the eighth and ninth. And you saw it, we saw it with years with the Brewers with Hader when they did that for a while, and like they just kind of used him when they needed to, and it'd be sometimes it'd be the seventh uh, with one out, and you're like, all right, well he's not getting the ninth, so it's just. Uh, mm. I think Sims, uh, Jeff and I talked about it. I mean Sims is the guy that we thought was going to get the most saves, but. I, sometimes you just get points, we have injuries and you got drop guys, and that one, that one really uh, really stings for sure. But uh, let's jump into some hitters on Fab, but first, a note from our sponsors real quick.
1: Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need, indeed. Indeed, is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on indeed. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning that's creditkarma.com slash money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
2: So, Vladimir, start at the top with Patrick Wisdom, who you mentioned uh, earlier as someone that, you know, kind of a late addition to your, to your article this week. Two more home runs on Sunday. Now has seven home runs and 36 plate appearances uh, with the Cubs. Playing third base uh, every day for them right now. Uh, I looked at him in the minors. I mean, look at 2019 in AAA, 31 home runs in 107 Mm -hmm. games. He had a 28% strikeout rate. So, you know, some strikeouts, but not like a a Joey Gallo or, you know, Jorge Alfaro kind of rate. Hit 240 that year. In 2018, he's with St. Louis. Uh, 15 home runs, 11 stolen bases, too. He's got a little bit of speed. He had eight stolen bases in 2019. Hit 288. Uh, big K rate in the in the majors so far, but you know I like the fact that it was lower in the minors. I think guys usually adjust to that uh, before uh, before too long. He's another guy that, as I looked a little bit more, um, I kind of bumped up my bids a little bit. I got him in mm-hmm. one online. I imagine I won't get in Maine because I think the bidding will be pretty aggressive there. But uh, how how aggressive with you are were, were you on wisdom? I know you tend to be a guy who doesn't buy into like that kind of the hot guy after the really hot streak because you, you know, we're we're going to see a slump at some point.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a case of, uh, of automatic expense, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you're going to be overpaying no matter what. And the chances of the next stretch of 57 plate appearances, uh, or 37, whatever it was yeah. being the same are virtually nil, right? I would I,
4: mean, I
2: would go with just nil, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So that for me is, is, is tough to, to, to spend. And so I've trained myself to, to not do that. And I will lose out on opportunities once in a while, but like I didn't go in on your men Mercedes, for example, uh, for me, it's just something, you know, when guys come out of the blue, it's, it's very rare, especially with the older guys that it's sustainable like that. Right. I mean, what, what are some cases of that? Right. Like maybe like as a pitcher, Cliff Lee, right. Became a stud later in his career. We had, yeah. uh, uh, Max Muncie, right. Didn't someone else become a, a yeah, say- at 27.
2: I'd say Jose Bautista is probably the best example mm. of it as a guy that had no pop and was kind of a veteran. All of a sudden, came out of nowhere. But you're right; like the large majority of the cases are Chris Shelton or someone like that that you know gets hot for a while. And I think that you will miss on some guys here and there, but I think over time, um, not buying into the super hot rookie off the the, the kind of the no name rookie too, like not a guy that we're like fired up for. Like it's not mm. like it's a Wander Franco that comes up and, and has a bunch of bombs early. But I think that at the end of the day, you probably end up uh, making uh, making more money off that than not. But I did uh, I looked I like wisdom a little bit and. I feel like it's a lineup that he could end up uh, he could end up breaking in if he stays hot. You know, it's like they've got Jason Hayward out there. They have Eric Sogard playing in the infield. Like, it's not like he's fully blocked where, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd worry about more if he was the first baseman. Obviously, not going to play over Rizzo or something like that. They yeah. can move Bryant to the outfield. Um, I don't know. I feel like he, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he hits a little bit, he's got a chance to, you know, have a little bit of playing time. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those guys that you got to buy in now or you don't get him at all. But I, I wasn't uh, super aggressive with him.
3: Yeah, my, the one thing I'm looking at, and, and this started things I'm starting to do more frequently, is I, you know, I'm really digging into Roto-Wire, roster resource, and I'm I'm just kind of re- reminding myself, why are these guys getting playing time? And I'm yep. looking back, and I'm now reminded that, hey, three infielders on this team are sitting on IL, and at some point yep. they are going to come back. And they may not necessarily be better than Patrick Wisdom, but it's David Bodie, it's Matt yep. Duffy, Nico Horner, I mean, yep. you know, Jake Morsnick and, and these Jockey. guys are going to come
2: And Jock Peterson was out this weekend too, so like Mm -hmm. there, he's he's falling into the right spot for playing time, and it just kind of worked out. But you're right, it's going to get crowded pretty quick.
3: Yeah, and what sucks, I mean, is that what you got like a five game week this week, and if something doesn't happen or he doesn't have a good week, and then these guys end up coming back, Bodie comes back, starts you know getting hot, and it's just that you know that constant shuffle, and then all of a sudden he finds himself out of the lineup, and then before you know you, would you spend one fifty on?
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree there. Uh again the guy that got called up is is Bobby Bradley and he should have a little more playing time. The mm-hmm. the Indians offense is an utter mess. Um you know, they uh, they they DFA'd uh, our, our friend uh, our old friend Jake Bowers who I uh, think like, I think we liked like 4 years ago or something like that. Yeah. But um, there is there is room for playing time here. Their first base is pretty much wide open in, in Cleveland. He can play. Um, he's a guy who has a lot of power. Thirty-three home runs in twenty nineteen in AAA, but with a thirty-four percent strikeout rate. Um, he had nine home runs already in AAA this year in, you know, how mm. they haven't played that many games, but he's hit a buck ninety six with a thirty-two percent strikeout rate. So mm. It, it is what it is. I mean, he's a he's a big swing guy. has a lot of power. has a lot of swing and miss. He homered on Sunday, which probably bumped up his price a little bit, three or four. He's utility only right now in FBC. He will get first base probably pretty quickly. He has two games of first base already, but uh, for this week's utility only. So if you have a, a Nelson Cruz or someone like that, you can't. Uh, you obviously mm-hmm. can't play both of them. Uh, where were you with uh, with Bradley? You know, he came up last year, uh, was struggled, and then uh, he's back up now. Uh, were you uh, uh, were you fired up about him? Yeah. I
3: mean, I started bumping uh, him up, I guess, towards the end of the day on Sunday uh, because uh, basically or on teams where I now have JD Martinez in outfield eligibility. So that opens up a slot. It opens up the possibility where it's going to probably take him a couple of weeks to get that, that first base eligibility. Uh, And I think he's still going to platoon with, uh, with Yu Chang. I think Yu Chang will play some first base against lefties. Um, But you kind of know exactly what you're getting out of uh, Bobby Bradley and, and though it's not exactly the same, he does kind of remind me of what Austin Riley did a couple of years ago, where Austin Riley 2019, right? Was it? Yeah. And he got he all up-
2: kinds of big bids and hit for like three weeks and then didn't get another hit for three months.
3: <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, he was also red, red hot in AAA leading up to the point of his call-up. And then he continued being hot for for another week and a half or whatever it was, two weeks. And this is the same case with Bradley, right? He was just just tearing the cover off the ball, at least power-wise. Power-wise, yeah. Like 33% strikeout rate in 180. But the same thing, right? This weekend comes up, hits big, and then, of course, people are going to go ahead. They're spending like, ah, utility only? I don't care. I'll make it fit. And then, you know... We'll see what happens, but you know, these type of um, fantasy assets are a lot easier to uh, evaluate because you know what you're getting. If your team can afford to take a hit on batting average and you need the power, then he's a great fit.
2: Yeah, I think I think that the key to that whole thing was was team fit. If you're low and yeah. if you're struggling in, in in home runs, you you need a you gotta hit, you know hit lightning in a bottle. Maybe you get a you know ten home runs over the next uh, mm-hmm. six weeks or something like that. that, and that can happen. But if you're a team that has a bunch of home runs, you need some batting average. Just not a good fit. He's he's strictly yeah. a team fit guy for me. Um, what about uh, what about the Yankees with uh, Miguel Andujar? He's playing a lot right now. Three mm-hmm. home runs this past week. He was awesome in 2018. Like, everybody loved him then. He was a big hype guy in 2019. Had 27 home runs, hit 297 in 2018. Has been pretty much hurt and bad since. Mostly hurt. Like, there's not a lot of bad. Mostly hurt. Uh, good park to hit in. You got to think there's a chance to play if he can stay hot. They need offense, which is strange to say. The Yankees are, like, bottom five in a ton of offensive stats. It's mm-hmm. very wild. Um, hard hit rate is 46% so far. Never been above 36%. So he is hitting the ball hard. Um, where are you on Andahar right now, coming off these uh, these, like, three years of letting us down? I'm
3: I'm good with him because he's uh he's somebody that's that, that that's playing every day, right? Yeah. Um that's the key here. And this is why he a player like that is was already landed on a lot of teams in 15 teammate events last week because you just yep. kind of see the writing on the wall. Um there, you know, he has the he he's gonna get the playing time and it's just you know, just he's there. You know what I just noticed? He's got no walks.
1: <laughs>
3: none 80, at all? None in eighty wow. plate appearances. That's wild. That's-
2: really hard to do to get none i mean there's guys that swing obviously early on but uh yeah he, you're right he hasn't he has no walks he's striking out more than usual too he wasn't a strikeout guy no. um, when he was really good he was like 16 that year he was really good he's at 26 mm-hmm. right now but obviously we're looking at 85 plate appearances but i don't know you got a guy who has a history of doing it you know 27 home runs he's only done it yep. once but he was a he was a pretty hyped guy coming up um i don't know clint, clint flasher's been bad they always had they always have injuries uh, not mm-hmm. like Brett Gardner's keeping anybody out of the lineup. It's just, uh, it's weird for us to think two months in the Yankees like need offense. It, they had a bunch of stats tonight on the Sunday baseball game. They're scoring like 3.2 runs a game at home or something like that, which is almost mm-hmm. last. They're striking. They're, they have the, it's the highest strikeout in the history of the Yankees. It's it's pretty wild. Their, their runs per game are like the lowest since 1978 mm-hmm. or something, as like I would say on TV too. It's, uh, it's rough. I never would have guessed that. Uh, you know, Judge has got 14 home runs. He's been fine, but everybody else, it's uh, it's been rough.
3: It's only a five-game week, but it's uh, they got some good matchups. So, uh, for example, Michael Pineda is he is
2: he out now? No, he's he, he's he's pitching. He, back they, yeah, they pushed him. They pushed his last start. Apparently, he's going to start Tuesday against uh, against the Yankees.
3: Yeah, check out these pitching matchups for the Yankees this week. I mean, if they don't get it going this week, I don't know what will. Uh, Pineda, Dobnak, uh, Jhap, the lefty. Yeah, and then possibly Spencer Howard and Vincent Velasquez on the weekend in Philly.
2: And Howard's essentially like three innings in the bullpen game. So that's, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta love that too. That's uh following five games, but that's, that should be a lot of runs, but I just, I don't know. This offense is so bad. They got it. They got to start firing at some point. I would think, but I don't know. I would have thought I would have said that a month ago too.
3: And then at uh Buffalo to face the blue Jays, the, the first oh, series, the following week. So that's, they, this is the time.
2: That's nice too. I, I I love the Blue Jays, but uh, not a team that I'm really scared about their pitchers. I, I mean, I think the Yankees should. Uh, they get Ryu, which is tough, and then Stripling and Steven mm-hmm. Matz. That should be a lot of runs. Also, that's that's mm-hmm. a good call there. it um, was that was Paul De, Paul DeYoung available in any of your twelves? He started a rehab assignment this week. He's forty seven percent owned in twelves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that hit uh, with thirty home runs in twenty nineteen. Granted, it was happy fun ball year. He only hit three home runs last year, but. You know, if you need pop, if you need a middle infielder, he was someone that I was in on in a couple leagues. Uh, wh- wh- how do you feel about uh, DeYoung coming back? Uh,
3: I mean, so I specifically wrote about him because he's somebody that I'm I'm specifically biased against. Just uh, for for whatever reason, I do do not draft the guy. Uh, just. I don't know. I just I just don't like him. I don't like him. Uh, always, I, I think he's improved on this, but I just remember bad play discipline over the years. Even though he's got the big pop, uh, not the greatest hitting ballpark uh, for power, and then you know something like a three four percent walk rate with like a thirty percent strikeout rate. I usually don't like that combo. Uh, the price was decent in um, in uh, the preseason, uh, but for me, I like those those guys that sometimes get dropped, like just because I have some yeah. ice against him doesn't mean he Me can't be a fit on my team. The only way that it worked though, because he's not guaranteed to be back on Tuesday, is um you, you, because a setback can throw you off. If you pick him up yeah. on a 12 and you don't have um you don't already have coverage there. And like yeah. if you're un- unable to put him on your bench, you could be screwed with a week of zeros or a half week of zeros. So I think yeah. if you have that extra spot, then then of course you bid on them and you try to get him.
2: And that's good advice in general. Like anytime you're picking up anyone that's coming off the IL or like missed Saturday, Sunday, and is questionable, make sure you you know aren't relying on that guy or it's that guy or a zero. I always uh, mm-hmm. I always make sure that I have coverage uh, with anybody like that. I like to have coverage anyway. But um, yep. let's jump to the outfield. There were a couple of interesting names uh, before we get into some news and notes for the weekend. Um, let's go with Edward Olivera since you brought him up earlier. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that uh, he got called up. We were kind of excited. But he got called up last Sunday, so he wasn't available in NFBC formats at least. Uh, he got called back up when uh, when Alberto Montero went back on the IL. Shocker there. Um, the question with me with Oliver is that I really like what I see. He was uh, he was 18 home runs, 35 stolen bases in 2019. We really liked him. We got called up last year when he was uh, you know with San Diego. Um, good K rate in the minors. I really like this bat a lot if the playing time is there. He's hitting 372 so far in AAA. My question for you, I guess, is uh, you know, what do you see with all You mentioned you picked him up as some ers The question really is where will he play? It's just I, yeah. it seems to me like he probably should play for Jorez Oler right now, but the Royals aren't gonna do that. Um I don't think they're gonna cut Jorge Oler and they can't they can't send him down or anything like that. They have a they kind of have a full roster. I guess he could, you know, it it depends what they do, move guys around. If Hunter Dozier, they want to move him to the infield, maybe, but um with with Benintendi and Michael Taylor and Hunter Dozier, like not, I mean, Benintendi has been great, but mm-hmm. Dozier and Taylor, like whatever. But I just wonder if Oliver's going to play. They were so quick to send him down last year. I just wonder if he's, that was the thing that kind of held me back. Like, I don't know where he is in their plans.
3: Yeah. I mean, that was the sort of the telltale sign, or at least what should have kept their bids uh, somewhat reasonable and to not go crazy is the fact that, yeah, because the fact that he is only up right now, as far as we know, is because Mondesi got hurt and, and yeah. they, they called him back up. Uh, the one thing that I do like is the fact that they do have some flexibility with that lineup where, uh, Jorge Slur doesn't even need to play outfield. Like he can continue to DH. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Gutierrez can go, he can, now, he can go that back was to the minors. Too, is
2: maybe we go Dozier to third and Gutierrez out yep. there would be, would be a good plan. I, I just feel like Olivares is the guy, like if he would like to get hot for like a week at the mm-hmm. right time, he could just stick and be really, really valuable and a guy that you play every week in, in fancy lineups. And it's funny. Uh, our friend uh, Dusty Wagner just uh, chimed in with the chat uh, asking how we feel about Olivares versus Taylor Trammell. Um, I know you were uh, big on Trammell this week. Someone you were bidding on to, from reading your article. Um, sounds like he should be playing a ton with uh, Kyle Lewis might be out really, really long-term. It's something yeah. he's going to be, it's going to be long-term or really long-term. There's no other in between that matters. If he has surgery or not, but it sounds like he's not coming back anytime soon. Either way, um, where are you uh, with Tramel? I'm going to ask you that one. I'll let you answer Dusty's question.
3: Uh, so he was my actually my favorite of the uh, right. of the young players uh, to, to to bid on and to to give a shot on, mostly because Kyle Lewis is out for a while and he does have a chance here, right? So the the thing with Tr- Tramel, obviously a big time prospect. When he came up, he kind of he, he he had the surface stats, so he was hitting some homers here and there. He would steal a base. Uh, but, and then he would sit occasionally against lefties or most of the time against lefties. But the worst part was he was hitting under 200 with like a 40% strikeout rate, went down to the minors and something clicked. He was one of the hottest hitters in AAA. came up and has been decent this week. I think until today, uh, was basically his first offer, uh, since he's been up or, or close to it. So I like having somebody that's going to be in the lineup almost every day for an yeah. up and coming team like this that uh can give you stats across the board i'm, I'm more interested in the it's the it's the modesty conundrum it's you know forget the real life player thing and give me the stats and that's what you know kind of trammel fits the bill so i know he's going to play and he's probably a smarter pickup than olivares but olivares i think almost has the upside for this year if yeah. what happens as you mentioned could happen if he gets hot this week it just sticks in the lineup that could be a really you know amazing pick um so 12 teamers that was a tough decision I made. Like, there are guy like, guys like AJ Pollock and Alex Dickerson that I know I'm going to drop the next week. Mm-hmm. So I just made Oliveris my top bid and just see what happens, right? For $10, yeah. 12 it was worth a shot just to see what happens.
2: Yeah, I like that too. And I think, you know, if they send him back down, you drop him and it's, you know, it's an outfielder, you mm-hmm. probably have an extra one anyway. But I think he's a guy that, could end up being an every week play for you and that's kind of and especially the 12 or that's that's what you're looking for the thing i do like with Tremel is that you look at the, mi- the major so far a ton of strikeouts but we're looking at 100 plate appearance or 113 plate appearances and you look at his minor league history and he's usually a low 20 strikeout guy And usually guys you know they come up to the majors the first time they see all this nasty stuff it's really tough at first but they usually tend to get back you know maybe not all the way those minor league numbers but they they didn't tend to regress back down uh strikeout wise i do like that he's walking a little bit too um he's fast he's like a 76 percentile sprint speed guy He's a Good athlete. I think that the key with him is we know the playing times there. So Oliver's has the mm-hmm. upside, but Tremel right now has the playing time. I and mean, there's Kyle yep. Lewis ain't coming back. There's no reason for the Mariners to not uh, see what they've got here. He's their like number six prospect. I think they I think the the playing times on one side, the upside's on the other side depends kind of what you need, I think is what it fills in. So maybe Oliver in a 12 or in Tremel in a fifteen to really kind of uh, sit yep. on the fence fully.
3: Yeah, Tremel's better than that uh, that Kellanick guy.
2: Oh for thirty-nine <laughs> God. like I get it, like who cares? The slump, but thirty nine oh yeah. for thirty-nine is pretty absurd.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. What can you do?
2: Uh not yeah. much, but it's uh, it's just kind of wild that we were so like foaming at the mouth for him to come up and wanted him to be there. And he's hitting uh he's hitting O ninety six, Blood.
3: It, it's it's really bad the one thing that will never change and hopefully we're you know we're we're alive and still playing fantasy in 30 years it's going to be the same exact thing there's no time in in history in the, f- in yeah. the future where at some point the world's just going to click and the fantasy world and be like oh we're not going to chase that young you know you, it's just think, human nature
2: do you think you're playing nfbc in 30 years
4: yeah why not right. no, yeah,
2: that's good that's good You've, uh, you'll be what uh, like a, you gotta. You'll have a bunch of grandkids running around. It'll be it'll be great.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> click on click on that guy for me, right? <laughs> Hopefully, they never change never change the website. Um, yeah. The other outfielder I want to talk about real quick before we jump into some other stuff, uh, Bradley Zimmer is, is backup. Is a guy that we have, uh, you know, we have talked about for multiple years. Every time he's come up, he's really struggled. Um, he's back up with another chance. Uh, again, we talked about Cleveland; their lineup is is not good. He has three stolen bases already. He's not. Uh, he's been awful in the major so far, though. Two twenty five, a thirty three percent strikeout rate. He just. He swings and misses too much for a guy. He doesn't have a lot of pop. Is kind of what it comes down to. I, I, I tend to not like guys who, you know, if you're going to swing and miss, at least give me some home runs. And there's there's mm-hmm. not a lot there. He does have 27 home runs in his or 27 stolen bases. Sorry, is 172 major league games. Uh, I had Zimmer behind Taylor Trammell and Oliveras, But uh, where were you on Zimmer? I, it
3: was up there. So it, it, exactly, and, and I mentioned him in my in my Sunday update in in my article because uh, missed him on, on on the first time around. He is valuable for teams that are just looking to get a boost in strikeouts, and I, I'm sorry, in stolen bases. And I have teams like that. Yep. Um, unfortunately, one of those teams is a team that has Miles Straw, so I can't really uh, play both Miles Straw and Bradley Zimmer. Kind of, really, yeah.
2: Straw, Straw had two stolen bases this week. Nothing else. Finally, but two yeah,
3: yeah, but but you know you know what I mean, like two punchless guys. Yeah, where you, you, can't, you, you, you can't
2: play two rabbits out there.
3: Yeah, it's not like you know. Uh, uh, we got away back in the day, winning leagues with like you know D Gordon and uh, uh, Ben Revere on the right. same team. Oh, but I think those I had, time's I had a couple over.
2: really good Ben Revere teams. I love Ben Re- yeah. Revere for a Me while. Me too. Me too. That's a that's good play center field too. We had a couple of catches that were just absurdly good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, what about catchers? We had uh, we had Eric Haas, we had Max Stassi, we had Ryan Jeffers uh, filling in for uh, Mitch Garver with his horribly painful injury. Did you have a preference between those three? I know Haas is obviously a guy that's really hot right now, has a history of hitting home runs in the minors. Jeffers was a guy that was pretty popular in the in the, in the preseason. People thought maybe he would take over the job from Garver and then you know, Garver ended up playing him. And then we got Max Stassi coming off the concussion IL. Um, those are kind of the three that I was looking at. Did you have somebody that was like clearly your favorite from that group?
3: Uh, I had Stasi number one over Eric Haas just because I know what I'm getting with him. I, I know yeah. the, the guy is and and I think he's a he's a decent hitting catcher, actually one of the better ones in the league and obviously dealing with the concussion thing and uh, that was prolonged. But um, it was really actually interesting to see him hit third in the lineup on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that. He hit third. Yep. That's no, I... a, the kind of things I like to see. So, Uh, and I understand Eric Haas hit, you know, as many home runs as Patrick Wisdom and, you know, never thought we would, those words would be uttered, but you know, here we are. And, uh, I just know what type of premium that's going to come for. And those aren't prices I'm willing to pay for. I'd rather get the Stassi for a little cheaper. I mean, uh, you know, you know, even a Reese McGuire, I I threw in for like a dollar as like a fifth conditional bid just in case, because now Danny Jansen's hurt and he may get an opportunity just give me a live body that won't kill my batting average is what I'm looking
2: there's about 12 Reese McGuire jokes and I'm not going to make any of them right now. So I'm going to move on. I, I almost Uh-oh.
3: did. I remembered where we're, this is a family pod. So there you, you know, go. Uh,
2: and it's funny. Someone asked me that question about catchers and I was like, you know what? All those guys are kind of the same. I'm going to go ahead and take someone like Stassi or Jeffers instead of paying the premium on hostages because they're all going to be kind of the same. I think they're going to be all fine, but uh, not great. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to want the one I can get for three bucks rather than 33 bucks. So I think that was a, and, a good way to go about it.
3: And the other thing is like, Stasi's good defensively, and Suzuki's been a mess. If you look at the, the numbers, uh, or, or how badly, or like how awful Kurt Suzuki's, uh, and he's 37 or 38 now at this point, how bad he's been this year defensively, and how he's been able to catch runners. I know. Uh, on base. And I know part of that is the pitchers, but like them getting Stasi back is really good because he's good defensively with Eric Haas. Like, yeah, he's hitting a bunch of homers this week, but they got Jake Rogers and Wilson Ramos come back eventually. Right. So at some point, if that happens to coincide, Ramos coming back at the same time, Haas is slipping. He can go back down to the minors and I'd rather have somebody like it that has longevity, I guess.
2: Last four years, uh, Max Stasi's swing strike rate has dropped all four years. His barrel rate's over 11% the last two years, mm-hmm. over a 40% hard hit rate the last four years, 63% so far this year, grand uh, 45 plate appearances. But Stasi's a guy that I've really liked just because he hits the ball hard. If you're going to give me a mm-hmm. catcher, like give me someone that hits the ball hard and I'll kind of figure it out from there. And maybe he, you know, maybe he falls into that the 260 season that uh, we're hoping for. He hit 278 last year, he's hit 275 so far this year. I think he's a guy mm-hmm. that. Hits the ball hard and give me a catcher for the, that's really cheap. At that, uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to take that every time.
3: Yeah, not to mention he's uh, I I had him on on in my starting lineup for two weeks, thinking he was going to come back off the IL. So I took two weeks of zeros of him. So so what you're uh, saying is he owes
2: you? He owes me. He's, a, he's an Oakland A's uh, fourth-round draft pick, so I have a uh, you know, special special place in my heart there. Uh, let's talk about a few news and notes. I wanna, I'm want i going to go pretty quick here because there's some players I want to ask you about here at the end. Um, just a few guys that went in the IL. Evan Longoria went in the IL with a left shoulder injury. Kind of a bummer here. He'd been playing really well. Expecting to miss four to six weeks. I dropped him in 15-teamers. Do you agree with that move?
3: You have to. That's that. That's really only thing you can do. I was. I was. Gonna, he was going to be one of my biggest pickups in in twelve teamers this week. I mean, he's he's littering the top of of stack cast boards, and I know that isn't isn't everything, but it's something. I think mean, it's yeah. a lot, and just it's out of fun. nowhere. I mean, just complete career resurgence, and now he's yep. he's out. And really
2: stupid. stupid too. Like ran into Crawford on ground ball. But uh, since we're yeah. talking catchers, real quick, would you drop Gary Sanchez for Yasmani Grandal? Ask someone in the chat.
3: In a heartbeat. In two seconds.
2: I think I think I think I would too. They both are kind of rough, but uh, Grandel's a really good player. He's just uh, batting average wise, it's been it's been really really bad.
3: He's been he's been crushing homers lately, and, yeah. I, and I think he's the like the like not only he's not only the top uh walking catcher, like highest walk rate, base, base yep. best place to spend among catchers, he's like top. Eight, I think, in baseball I, the last I five. I think he's got to be
2: because he and he's twenty nine percent walk rate this year, which is just yeah. truly absurd. Fifty five percent hard hit rate, sixteen percent barrel. There's no way that one thirty six bat uh, sticks, even though he's really slow, but not that that slow. um I would take uh, I take Grandal too, especially if you can pick him up. I would I would grab him off the waiver wire in two seconds. By the way, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Right, keep no, no. Up, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead No go.
3: I was going to say the other weird thing about La Russa is how um, I don't know if you had noticed, but up until two weeks ago or three weeks ago, uh, and I know Grindel was hurt. Um, Grindel was, La Russa had him batting like sixth or seventh. and It didn't make any sense. It
2: doesn't. So like, he gets on base. He's a 400 LBP. Like he should be it's hitting.
3: Literally, it. yeah. It's literally what the guy does and you don't hit him second. Well, guess what? A bunch of injuries happen and you have to play him second. All of a sudden he starts crushing. Go figure.
2: It's amazing how how many things the White Sox do to cover up for Tony Larissa being a debacle. <laughs> um, Alderbots of we mentioned earlier, on 10-day to with with hamstring strain, obviously not something you want with a guy. You're relying on steel bases. He missed six straight days. They finally put him on the aisle. They have not given us a timetable yet, so I don't know if that's going to be four more days or two more weeks. I don't know, but he is uh, on the aisle now. John Means went on the aisle with a left shoulder strain. Uh, Orioles yeah. are awaiting MRI results as of the last time I checked. Uh, kind of a bummer here. We were looking at a, at a Means breakout.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a real shame. Um, the that actually that means injury actually got me a little bit more interested in Keegan Aiken. And though I really highly uh, advise people against chasing rookie or second year pitchers in the AL East, yeah. uh, he at least intrigued me from the point of he was going to have at least a rotation spot for now. Means being out means Aiken's in for a bit.
2: Yeah, we talked about him earlier, and you bringing him up made me look a little bit deeper. I mean, guy, guy strikes guys out, and I think that uh, you're, we're, we're, it's meager on the on the waiver wires. Is a give like mm-hmm. me a guy that uh, punches some guys out. You can play matchups. Obviously, you're not going to throw him against Boston or Toronto and Camden, mm-hmm. but if you can find some good matchups, I think he, uh, I think he's an intriguing guy too. Uh, a few other notes here before we uh, move on. Uh, Spencer Turnbull, one on the Iowa with some forearm tightness. Did you drop him or did you hang on to him?
3: I hung out. I hung out to him. I think the only spot was a a 12 teamer where there was uh, a a, a clear upgrade, but in 15 teamers, it's a hold because it's a muscle thing and no structural.
2: Yeah. No structural damage. Uh, Michael Fulmer on the same team, 10 day I thought he was a drop. Do you agree with me there? Or you were, you're someone you hold on.
3: Yeah, I mean, he was um, already kind of on maintenance day since the uh, since yeah. the end of May, and just it doesn't look good. It's such a shame, right? I mean, think of all the people that you know that we spent, right? We we spent money like, oh, Michael yep. Fulmer, it happened. But actually, it's funny for you. I remember, right? Didn't you drop it prematurely? Him high-
2: I really liked what I saw with him starting. And I was like, I really want to, I really want to grab him and hold on to him to start. And they moved him like it was weird. He was starting, then he went like kind of as an opener, then he went to middle relief. And I was like, I can't hold on to that. Mm -hmm. And the next week he had two saves. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that again. But it turned out to be not really that big of a loss.
3: It's like a whole like up and down, like you can like do like a a true Hollywood story, Michael Fulmer, the 2021 season.
2: Yeah, me, uh, me, I could do that with Michael Fulmer and Lucas Sims and it'd be quite the documentary there. (laughs) It's just the angst and uh, angst and troubles that I sit in by myself in my office talking about those two guys to myself. My wife doesn't doesn't really care about Lucas Sims or uh, Michael Fulmer, surprisingly enough.
3: It's funny how that works.
2: By the way, my wife said to say hi to you. I forgot to say that earlier. Hi, CHJ. I don't know I don't know if she's watching, but she did say to say hi. Um, So a few other notes here. Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton with the Twins. Uh, Cruz sat Sunday with some knee stiffness. Never like to see that with a guy that's uh, a little bit older than the rest of the league, Uh, but uh, check your lineups on him. Uh, Byron Buxton beginning a rehab assignment in the next week. George Springer, very close to a rehab assignment. Kevin Biggio beginning a rehab assignment Sunday. Uh, You asked me earlier about Luke Voigt. Uh, He's going to start his rehab assignment. Sounds like June 15th. Did you end up uh, getting him in your 12-teamer?
3: No, I bid uh, 45 and I dropped my, you know, trying to drop my boy, Brandon Belt, who never want to do, because I'm a, you know, I'm a belt guy. Yeah. Uh, But he went for 58.
2: So no, well, I can see that. It's probably going to be – we're probably looking at the end of the month. But, uh, yeah, that, that might mm-hmm. work out. Um, and uh, Mike is about a week away from rehab assignment. Joey Votto could return uh, Tuesday, but his thumb was sore after rehab game Saturday. So who knows there? But uh, some minor notes there. But so I had a lot of players I wanted to ask you about before we get out of here. The first guy is, uh, is Ian Happ. He is hitting. Uh, he's hitting a buck ninety right now. Not uh, not good. Mm-hmm. Six home runs, fifteen RBIs. That's really bad. Fifteen RBIs, and he's been he's been leading off, and he's kind of moving down. Uh, K rate's a bit higher, but st- you know twenty nine percent is uh, a little bit higher than normal. But still walking a lot, thirteen percent. Ian Happ's hard hit rate is fifty and a half percent right now. It seems yeah. wild to me. He's hitting a buck ninety. Swing strike rates down to twelve point three percent. Do you have hope for Happ? Turning this around, we're now at June 6th right now. I mean, this is a long time. It's not like he just had a two-week slump. Um, if Hap was, like, dropped in your league, would you pick him up? If you were in a trade league, would you try and buy low? Uh, you just want to stay away from him? Where, where are you with happen at the moment?
3: He is, to me, like Jock Peterson, like Max Kepler. They're guys that are so streaky. They're like your you know, 200 to 300 overall ADP guys that I don't usually uh, target. I don't usually go after. i like to make sure that I have home runs so that I don't have to chase these guys and try to time their streaks. And the one thing that I knew about Hap going in every time I'd see his name on the draft, I'm like, okay, if I draft him, I know exactly what I'm getting. It's going to probably start off cold, this and that. Right. And then he'll hit like a million home runs in the middle of the you know summer and regularly when the, when the wind's blowing out and then he'll fall back out. But at the end of it all, he's going to end up with a bad average. So, I want no, no part of that. The one thing is, yeah, he'll probably end up over the Mendoza. Yeah. He'll probably have like a really hot month where people are talking about him, like, you know, the next Jose Abreu or whatever. So, um, that's, that's baseball. Everything's just so continuously cyclical and, and Ian Happ will have his time in the sun and he'll lead off ahead of, you know, instead of jock and, and then it'll switch back up, you know, the other way. That's just how it goes.
2: Yeah, I actually liked him coming to this year. Someone that I thought, uh, you know, he had 264 and 258 last couple years. Like, wasn't, it, was, it was pretty solid considering where averages are these days. And I don't know. I mean, I keep throwing him out there. And in 12-teamers, I've kind of – I could platoon him now. If I find, like, perfect matchups, I'll use him. But usually he's on my bench. But 15-teamers is kind of still in there. But the problem is kind of what you mentioned. Like, I'm worried that I sit him. I'm going to miss that five-home run series. And then you, wow. all of a sudden, you really screwed yourself. But as you do that, you keep getting series of hitting, you know, going two for 12. And it's killer. But – He's a tough guy. guys like that are really tough because you know that if you bench him, the second you do, they're going to have five home runs. You're just going to be so pissed.
3: Yep, yep, exactly.
2: Uh, what about uh, my boy, Mark Canna? i got to talk about one Oakland A's player here. Uh, you know, Mark Canna, as of today, was leading the major leagues in runs, which is a pretty yeah. crazy stat. You think about all the names out there, guys out there. But the A's finally did the right thing with him. His OBP is, uh, what is it, 394. He's got 13% walk rate. Kind of what you are talking about with Grand Dollar. The A's finally figured that – He's not that he's he's athletic, but he's not super fast, not gonna steal a ton of bases, steals a few, but you know, he gets on base. And you want guys on base for for Ramon Loriano and Matt Olson and whoever else comes up, not for Matt Chapman because he hasn't had a hit in like six weeks. But um uh, uh, so bad. Uh but Canada's a two nine fifteen 11 home runs, forty seven runs scored. He's mixed in seven stolen bases. Um if you're in a trade league, are you trading Canna High? You're just kind of riding this wave and figure he's leading off all year. Where are you with Canada?
3: You, yeah, you just ride the wave. I mean, you know, first place A's and you recall like you know me, like I'm a, I love Matt Olson, maybe not as much as you. And, uh, you know, I, despite the fact to give you crap about the A's, um, I usually like them and draft them for whatever reason. I was very anti-A's go offense going into this year. And that's one of my biggest L's because I have no, uh, 30 teams. I basically have like maybe one Kana, uh, almost no Olson at his ADP, like just uh, Lariana, I wasn't interested in. So, I, hopefully, you know,
2: hopefully you avoided Chapman though.
3: Uh, yeah, no Chapman, no Chapman either at the ADP, but, uh, it's interesting. Cause I was complete 180 with these guys the year before, but, uh, but Kane is interesting because again, he's, he's 32 and he's just getting it done. I mean, for, for a while there, he was just the, the, the guy, the, the guy in DFS, you would just play because he was platooning and he would hit against lefties and usually had a home run against lefties. It was like, you know, death taxes and Kane against a lefty. Well, now he's a full-time guy figured it out. And it's amazing to see, wish I have I would wish I was a part of it.
2: Do you know what his walk-up song is? No, it is like a virgin by Madonna. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. It is beautiful. Every time the A's start, the game starts, I'm like, oh, McCann is up. So if <laughs> uh, if you're in a trade league, just we're talking about the A's, uh, if you're in a trade league, I would stop right now. I would go make an offer for Sean Murphy. I think this is the last time you have a chance to buy low on him. He's hitting 222, but a 45% hard hit rate, 12.5% barrel, has really looked better at the plate the last uh, couple of weeks. So if, uh, if you can snag uh, Sean Murphy from the guy who's maybe tired of him, he got six home runs, not uh, the only 15 runs scored, but he's at 30 RBIs. So that's a lot for a catcher. Um, but 222, I'd play that up. I'd try and make a move for Sean Murphy right now.
3: Yeah, uh, he's gonna he's gonna creep up there in the, the home. I mean he's gonna I, he might surprisingly get to uh to to 20, 20 plus yeah. homers this year.
2: I would I, I I think so too. Um Yankees tonight. Uh we're watching the game. Uh, DJ LeMay, he went 0 for 6 tonight. Now down to 250. Ooh. This is a guy who's like going, like late second round, early third round in drafts. He has three home runs, two stolen bases. Not what you're looking for from that pick. Does have 33 runs, but 14 RBIs. So he's low in home runs, stolen bases, RBIs, average, and batting average. Uh, barrel rates under three percent, which actually was last year too. Um, I, I think that uh, did you the fade. You do the fade show with me, right? You did. Yeah, Great he season. was a fade. Yeah. He, was, he was he was a, a fade for
3: us. He at was a fade
2: for both of us. So I mean, and we looked at that. We're like, this guy is like he's really good, but he doesn't hit the ball that hard. It's kind of hard to bank. I liked him, but it's high price. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you make lema here right now? He's, his K rate's almost doubled from last year. Last year's absurd under 10%. We knew it was gonna go up a little bit, but it's up to 17.5%. His Babip's down 60 points. So that maybe attributes some of the batting average, but mm-hmm. not hitting for power. We didn't expect him to run a ton, not driving in runs, not hitting the ball hard. Um, where are you on LeMay here with the you know, we're in the almost in the middle of June?
3: I mean you got to buy low on him, right? I mean, like it—it it doesn't matter what's happened. I'm looking at the numbers. Yeah, like even his ISO is like a third of what of what it usually is, even in his average years, right? Right. And
2: oh, it's oh uh, seven. It's oh seventy. Jeez.
3: Yeah, but it's—it's it's been two months of the season. There's four four months to go. But it's it's a, the leadoff man for the Yankees. They're going to warm up. This 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 uh the struggle is not going to endure. For the entire course of the season, he's still their leadoff man. And since what, since 2015, it's what, six seasons, seven seasons, he's only hit below 300 once, you know, so he is one of the best, like overall hitters in baseball that will creep up. He's a career 303. He
2: hit hit over 325 in three of those years. Like that's, that's an absurd edge in a year where the guy has hit low. I think I agree. I mean, he was a fade for me at the price early on, but I think, mm. you know, once you get to June, you can finally start to maybe buy low on some struggling guys. Like nobody's trading some DJ in the middle of April when he's starting bad, but yeah, you get to June, maybe people do, you know, start to think like maybe it's just not his year. They start to get down and maybe you can trade a, a hot guy for him. But I, I think I agree with you. It was a fade for me early on, but I think he's a, he'd be a guy that I'd try and buy low. And with the thought that, like you said, uh, at some point the Yankees offense is just going to get red hot. Yeah, it would just be
3: weird to me if just out of no all of a sudden he just had just a complete down yeah. you know stinky that's year.
2: Especially batting average wise, like if he hits yeah. twelve home runs and steals five bases, I don't think that'd be shocking, really. Like mm-hmm. I, I think you get you want to get more, but if he hits two fifty five, I think that's a pretty that would be a pretty shocking number. Yeah. So on the complete flip side of Lemayhew, we have Cedric Mullins, uh, three for six today with a home run. He's now hitting three twenty two, nine home runs, nine steals, thirty two runs, eighteen RBIs. Dropped the strikeout rate 6%, up the walk rate 4%. OBP's up 75 points. To, it's crazy. Hard hit rate's up 8%. There was like a joking going around tweet early in the in the offseason. Someone was like, oh, I'm all in on Cedric Mullins. I'm like, that's a lot of at-bats to hit 230. So I'm, I'm looking dumb on that one. I wasn't really anti-Cedric Mullins. I just thought he was just a guy. Yeah. Um, would you sell high on Cedric Mullins? Or are you just riding this and holding on and, and kind of stick, keeping with them?
3: The question is, is always. It, it's really tough in a vacuum to say. It depends. Like you know, selling high. Okay, for who? Like you know, what are right. we? What's the deal here? Who needs? What's the context? Are you hitting is it for Luis Castillo? Like you know, what's going on right. here? Uh, but no, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to to, to sell him. I mean, he's the leadoff man for uh, a team that it, plays in an amazing division for hitters. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, things changed for him where he just concentrated uh, hitting from one side of the plate and not being a switch hitter anymore. I think
2: that, I think that's um, a really good call right there. You can tell that he just he's, he's just like that mental block is just totally gone.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And he just he just looks and feels locked in. Uh, definitely going to be a career year for him. He's probably going to be honestly, I think he's going to keep up to the point where he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be super overvalued next year. Like, you know, top yeah. 70 ADP or something like that. But I like him rest of the year. 2020 should be pretty easy.
2: All right. Uh, is he the all-star from the Orioles? I guess him and Mancini, like they both are right there, right? Because Mancini's got a ton yeah. of RBIs.
3: Yeah, it's got to be man. It's it's got to be Mancini. It, it could be both. I don't think Mancini's that got, it's... Mancini
2: has 33 runs and 44 RBIs. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a guy that's uh, that's good and fun to root for too. Like that. Well, that's it'll awesome. be yeah, the bounce it'll backs be, awesome.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, the tremendous story. But it'll be DJ Stewart first, and then Mullins and.
2: There you go, and it would have been John Means, which is the problem. Like, there's yeah. a chance the Orioles could have had three All Stars, which is kind of wild when you think They wouldn't have because they're not good enough to probably get that. But Mullins, Mancini, and Means are all like the the three M's right there, are just balling yeah. right now.
3: Yeah, Mountcastle.
2: Oh, there you go, Mountcastle. Also, yeah, he's
3: really balling.
2: Yeah, he's he's been he was hot this week too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a couple of pitchers before we uh, before we finish up. Eduardo Rodriguez is a strange guy right now. He's having a really weird year. Five point five nine ERA, six point nine four ERA since May first, but. As we do, you, you look deeper in numbers. Like what's going on here? His strikeout rate is actually up a bit to twenty six percent. Walk rate's down to five point six percent. Hard hits up a little bit, but kind of average at thirty five percent. you know, there's a lot of exit velocity is, is up a little bit this year with the with the ball. Even though the drag is down. Um, bail rates up a little bit, but like the BABIP's really high. The strand rate's really low, so he's getting maybe some bad luck there. Um, it's crazy. His ERA's five point five nine, and you know FIP's not everything, but his FIP is uh, three point six nine. Yeah. Is XERA is three point five seven? Like, mm-hmm. is he just unlucky? Is he in the wrong division? What do you see with Adarorias right now? Because I think as I, as I looked into this and kind of before we are uh, you know planning to talk about him, I, I think I would probably start to make some offers for him and maybe hope that uh, yeah. I could pretty much get him at like forty cents on the dollar, maybe.
3: Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a confluence of all those things. It's uh, it's absolutely is the case. I mean, he's been. Clearly, uh, extremely unlucky. Um, even you know, Babip three sixty nine. Uh, you know, two run differential between ERA and all the other indicators. I mean, just lots of clear signs that he's unlucky. Yes, it's also happens to be a bad ballpark for that. But hey, happens to be working out for Nick Pavetta at the moment. But uh, you know, so
2: do you? Uh, you got you got your mandatory two Nick Pavetta references on the podcast. So that's a, that's success for you right there. Ooh. Yes, um, yes. Question in the chat: If uh, someone's got uh, Tony Gonsolin coming off the IL, if you had to drop one. Would it be Tyler Molly, Marcus Stroman, or Alec Manoa? God. None, none of the above? Uh,
3: no. I mean, you could drop Molly It's the closest thing to it. But I don't think um, – I mean, I, I, listen, Manoa could, could could stink next couple starts and somehow get sent down. I mean, that's I mean, possible, Molle, but you're not Molle's dropping Manoa. molly has
2: got a 33 ERA. Like, I don't – that's yeah. a tough drop too. I don't – I don't think I dropped any of the three for Gonsolin. I love Gonsolin, but I don't know if I can. And strowman has been really good. I know you don't get the strikeouts, but he battles out there. Had another good start against San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question, uh, I don't know. That'd be tough. I'd probably have to drop Manoa of the three, although I really not would not want to do it.
3: Yeah, the, I would say it's a it's a very tough decision. The closest I would come to it would be would be Molly, but even him, I, I think that's a it's a really tough drop, and yeah. we don't know, you know how things will go with Gonsolin. But hey, Pittsburgh this week. Wednesday. Uh,
2: that's true. I love it. I can't wait. I've been holding on to him. I hope he, I hope he's good. I, I think it's going to be Same. no more than five innings, but uh, hopefully I'll build him up a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, I really like. Uh, I really like the Catman, so I, I like
3: he, him. He will be our savior
2: this year. Uh, let's hope so. I, I need one badly. Um, speaking of the Dodgers, uh, where are you feeling on Clayton Kershaw right now? His last, three of his last five starts with uh, with five or more or five earned runs. I don't think exactly. Actually, uh, ERA is five point two six since May first. So like his last six starts. Um, do you have any concerns at all, both as a fantasy owner or a Dodgers fan right now about Clayton Kershaw?
3: I mean, the strikeouts are still up, right? He's still, you know, racking up nearly, uh, um, you know, double it's digits. Actually, every game. A little,
2: yeah, little bit up from last year too.
3: Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, he just, he's, he's, look at the, the, the te- last couple teams he's faced Atlanta, uh, uh yeah. Braves in Atlanta, uh, the, you know, the, the Red Hawk can't be stopped. San Francisco Giants. Uh, it's, you know, it's, so.
2: abs- it's absurd. That's a sentence we're saying in June still.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, he's it's he's not the same guy he was a few years ago, but the numbers are still good. So, yeah, granted, he may have an ERA higher than than what we're used to. Yeah, um, but hey.
2: I think will uh, bring I, it down. I think a run of insane starts is just coming at some point. It'll be. Mm-hmm. It'll be we'll we'll kind of laugh at the fact that we had a rough May and you know it's a six month season. We got to remember that we're not in a sixty game season, six month mm-hmm. season. You can make up for that stuff. Um, one more starter before we get to the last reliever. I want to talk about uh, Tarek Skubal has been insane lately. Um, last four starts, twenty one innings, thirty seven strikeouts, an absurd absurd strikeout run here. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine walks in that stretch, it's a little bit high, but you know compared to the strikeouts, pretty darn good. Five earned run total in that stretch. Uh, he smoked the White Sox week, obviously a good team, five innings, 11 strikeouts. Uh, do you think that school has finally arrived? Uh, where are you on this? You think it's a hot streak? Uh, did you, was he available in your 12s or is he fully taken? Yeah, He's not available. He, in time.
3: I, I picked up a couple last week nice, uh, and, nice. and, and, uh, bit on some more. I, uh, don't know if I landed him, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if you just Google right now, Tarek school ball, the first five things will pop up. will say Tarek school ball has arrived, you yeah, know, and of course and it's, and you'll see those uh, those those gifs with uh, with uh, Michael Scott from The Office. Oh my God, it's happening! Right, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, this is what everyone's been waiting for. They knew the talent was there uh, for a while. He was the guy we would stack against in DFS. You just yep. play your right-handed hitters against uh, Scooball. probably going to get a home run. Um, now he's uh, what you know, just that strikeout rate is going to keep going and going. It was like forty-eight percent in Double A his last full season. So. You know this kid's legit. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to be a better prospect than uh, than Casey Mize and Matt Manning, and he's yeah. the lefty. So uh, he's he's legit. There's going to continue to be bumps in the road. Uh, might even be this week at, at the White Sox. But for now, for for those K's to potentially get double digit K's in a in a game, you you, you just got to keep throwing them out there.
2: Wow, that's wild. He does. He gets the White Sox again. You're right. That's to be interesting to see if they uh, when they see him again, how they how they react there. I uh, I looked at him earlier. I didn't quite see that 48 percent strikeout rate in A. That's an absurd number. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, so our old buddy Mark Melanson is uh, just uh, just kicking along here. 19 saves. He has more saves than some of my teams, which is uh, very sad to say. Um, crazy enough, since May 1st, uh, he has 13 innings, 13.1, 10 saves, a .68 ERA in that stretch, he has eight strikeouts and nine walks. Like I have no idea how this is working. His FIP in since May 1st is 4.94 as the raised points. a small sample that happens, but Holy hell. Where, where, what do you think? How many saves in Lance? Enough? Does he keep this job? Is he just, is this just a dream year? Like what, what's happening with Mark? What, if you had to look in your, uh, in your gut vision at the end of the year, what, uh, how does Mark Melanson's year end up?
3: Probably um, on the mound when the, uh, when the <laughs> world series is won, because he sees the future. He is Jacob from lost. Have you seen the resemblance? So he's not and, and human.
2: That's a, that's a good call. That's kind of freaks me out a little bit, but you're right. He does yeah. look like a lot like him. Yeah.
3: yeah. There's something there, man. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, how he's doing it. I, I love him. He, he,
2: he has 19. Oh, I did too. I, but like he has yeah. 19 saves. He can't throw hard. Like every game you watch, you're like, Oh my God, these guys are going to tee off. And all of a sudden he's, you know, shaking hands and, and giving high fives and, He's throwing ninety one. He just he doesn't he doesn't throw any fastballs. He throws you know fifty seven percent cutters, which is also he throws that ninety two. It's crazy that it's working. He's pretty much a two pitch guy now, cutter and curveball. And I I, I mean if you buy if you drafted him, no matter what he does the rest of the way, you have you're just like literally just streaming profit right now. But oh yeah, um, you know I, I thought it was going to be Emilio Pagan, maybe Drew Pomerantz. Uh, I admit that Melance is my third guy there, and it's uh, it's been a big whiff. He has uh, nineteen saves and the ERA under point seven is is pretty absurd in June.
3: I wanted to see how many uh, strikeouts he had. To see if he had more saves than strikeouts. It's close, nineteen to twenty-two.
2: It <laughs> that's sad, but it is. It is really close. Strikeout rate is is <laughs> actually up a little bit. It's twenty-one point two percent. The walks are up yeah. a little bit too. But man, I don't know. I just I have to think we're going to get it. we're going to get a bunch of a bunch of outings here where it, it looks pretty ugly. I just I can't see this. Uh, obviously, he's not going to have a point seventy ERA. But I just like mm-hmm. if I give you uh, I don't know I'll give you a, a like two point eight finishing ERAs. You finish over or under that.
3: 2.8 under that.
2: Under that? Because yeah, just because
3: four months ago, 0.68, just a lot of good opportunities. You'd have to, to have, like,
2: have to be over four for that to go over.
3: And he'd lose the job yeah. at that point.
2: I think he's gonna go over. Oh I think he's, have, I think he's have a couple of like big four-five earned run games, but I don't know. John Gantt finally got his this week, right? It, it, ha- it happened finally. So he's gotta get his at some point, but it's been uh, it's been a great run. But anybody else that uh, you want to talk about? We've kind of hit it uh, normal no, near the end. Here's anybody else you want to talk about anything else you want to say while I got you here? Uh,
3: no, I mean, this is, this is fun. Obviously, uh, you know, talking to you on Sundays and, uh, whenever we get the chance to do this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, And luckily we have a little bit of Monday with only three games to maybe, you know, I think it's a good day to maybe look at our teams, just kind of a little bit of a checkpoint and and see how things are going, especially for people that have a lot of fantasy teams. A lot of times we're just in sort of a, uh, just like auto mode, and don't really yep. get a chance to sit back and and look at things at, uh, at a macro level. So I think that's a good idea. But
2: yeah, no, I think I mean- that's, that's a really good point too. Like we're a third of the way through the season. Like you're at the point now where standings matter. You know what you need, what you may not mm-hmm. need, what you have, what you don't have, where to really address stuff. And I think you're right. I think you get a day where there's three games. You have very few lineup decisions tomorrow. Like you pretty much have to set the guys, the six teams, and that's pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I think I'm actually going to take you up on that. I'm going to do a little Zen uh, moments with my teams and try mm-hmm. to figure out if I can uh, if I can make a run. It's been going the wrong way so far. My offense is really good. My pitching was bad, and now my offenses is starting to struggle a little bit. So I have to uh, have to figure out way to dig out, uh, dig out of that hole. But uh, it's a long season. I uh, still got a lot of fab left. So hopefully we can we can figure out a way.
3: You always have, man. Always a lot I of know. fab left. You're going to be guys. able to get whoever you want, whenever you want. It's going to be a huge advantage this year. This is the year to save. We
2: need uh, we need some we need some big guys to come up. I mean, it's I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, obviously last week it was Alec Minow, and he got he got smoked this week. But I still think that's going to be someone that's going to going to help out. Uh, but.
3: but you'll still underbid on Coar next week, right? Uh, and he that throws comes and throws a gem. That's, You're still going to go like 100.
2: A I mean, I went, uh, I went the two. I was the backup bid from Manoa last week. I was a two, like 270, and he went for oh, wow. three something to mine. So I was fairly aggressive there. Coar uh, is the next big guy, right? He's the he's the Royals prospect that's just smoking okay. people in the minors. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's
2: cool. Um, so before we get out of here, tell everybody again where they can find you, where they can uh, where can they can find your work and read your stuff.
3: Of uh, Vlad Settler at Gut on Twitter, fantasyguru.com slash MLB is where you'll find me.
2: And again, uh, if you uh, if you do play in any league with Fab, I cannot recommend Vlad's uh, Fab article enough. Um, I don't uh, I don't read a lot of stuff to be fair. I like to kind of get my own opinions on stuff, and Vlad's one of the things that's a must read for me every week. So if you do uh, if you do play, I would highly suggest it is worth the subscription price itself just for that article. There's obviously a lot of other good stuff on there too, but uh, Vlad's article jumps out as, as something that's just uh, super valuable for uh, for any Fab league, whether you play your home league or NFBC high stakes, whatever it be in between any league where you're picking up free agents. It's 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 a it's a must read for me every week.
3: Thank you, Scott. Thank you so Absolutely. much for
2: having me, bro. And yeah, thanks for taking the time. I know Sundays are a bit easy, and you know, you then uh, you got a kid, you got a dog, and then you have a cat at home too. And then you got all kind of stuff two. going on there. Oh, two cats! Wow. I don't know if you want to admit that on the air, but you just did. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I know Sundays are crazy, but I do appreciate your time. I know everybody's time is valuable, so I appreciate carving out a few minutes. I do mean that. So if anybody else, uh, if you listen to us, if you enjoy listening to us, you could please rate and review the podcast. Leave us a bunch of stars. If you uh, could do that on any – wherever you happen to listen to us or watch us, that would be fantastic. Helps a lot. We want to thank uh, Winbet. It's W-Y-N-N-Bet for their sponsorship of the podcast. Greatly appreciate that. Other than that, we will be at, back at you next Sunday. Uh, Toby Batflip K- Crazy is going to be filling in for uh, Jeff next week, so looking forward to that one. Really good uh, NFPC player has a uh, podcast he does with, uh, with with Bubba, the Bench with Bubba podcast. They they, they split that, they do that, and Batflip Crazy they're they're together, so really good podcast there. So looking forward to uh, talking to Toby. I've never like I've been on him with like some live streams and stuff, but never had a full one on one podcast. I'm so looking forward to that. So uh, please tune in then, and then uh, after that, Jeff will be back, and we'll have uh, we'll have more bad puns than I promised. So thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> (laughs) Really appreciate it. As always, uh, we will be back at you next Sunday. Take care.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.